Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes. But let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Tonight, coronavirus and the election. The fall surge. The U.S. sees its highest number of new infections in months as both candidates face the voters in dueling town halls. With the country headed in the wrong direction, hospitalizations hit a new record in the Midwest. One ER doctor tells us hospitals are being pushed to the limit. And in Europe, horrible deja vu. Intensive care units close to capacity as a curfew is set in Paris to stop the spread. Plus, is there a link between your blood type and risk of infection? 19 days to go. The battleground blitz continues with both candidates participating in dueling town halls instead of a second debate. President Trump in Florida and North Carolina today with Joe Biden taking questions in Pennsylvania as his momentum puts hundreds of millions into his war chest. Plus Kamala Harris off the campaign trail after a member of her staff tests positive for COVID. The economic toll, a stunning new number. Nearly 8 million Americans plunge into poverty as food lines become lifelines. I'd always been taught that if I worked hard, then I'd be able to take care of my family. And now that's not true. Counting your vote. More than 10,000 mail-in ballots in limbo in North Carolina. The confusion tonight over ballot rules and concerns of voter suppression. And teenager therapy. We know we're hitting real issues and real emotion. How four high school seniors became podcast superstars, catching the attention of some royal listeners. This is the CBS Evening News with Laura O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. 
Good evening and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin with an explosion of COVID-19 nationwide tonight as the country closes in on 8 million total cases of the virus. The number of new infections in the U.S. hit nearly 60,000 on Wednesday. That is a single day high not seen since the summer. And with the country now racing toward what experts call a third peak in cases tonight, the CDC says it expects the virus will kill another 23,000 Americans by the first week of November. As we come on the air, 37 states are now seeing infections growing. Hospitalizations and deaths are rising, too. And with falling temperatures forcing people indoors, we are told the surge will only get worse. It is a sobering assessment just 19 days before the election as President Trump and Joe Biden face off tonight, not on the debate stage together, but in dueling town halls in separate cities. There's a lot of new reporting to get to. We've got our team of correspondents standing by to cover it all. CBS's Mola Lange is going to lead off our coverage tonight from New York City. Good evening, Mola. Well, good evening, Nora. As you mentioned, the virus is intensifying and many states are struggling just to cope as more than a half dozen states continue to set daily records for cases and hospitalizations. Tonight, the fall COVID surge is here. 17 states are now seeing surges unlike anything they've experienced during this pandemic, and no state in the U.S. is seeing a sustained decline. Hotspots are flaring up across the Midwest with smaller rural hospitals fighting just to hold on. It's not a joke, but we say we swim in COVID. Dr. Scott Samlin is an ER doctor in Hammond, Indiana, a state that hit a record number for cases today. What have these last, you know, five, six months taught you that have left you to be better prepared for the situation right now? It's scary. I think the scary part for a lot of us is that we don't know how any individual is going to handle COVID. Today, at least eight states reported their highest number of daily cases since the start of the pandemic. Numbers continue to rise in New Jersey, where the positivity rate would put the state on its own quarantine list. And Florida's single-day death toll doubled overnight. One factor that may help, a person's blood type. Two studies this week suggest people with type O may be less vulnerable to COVID-19, but not certain COVID treatments. A new study from the World Health Organization found that treatments to remdesivir and hydroxychloroquine do not improve COVID survival. Ann Urich of Lancaster, Wisconsin, says people she sees just don't take the virus seriously. So you've had an uncle, a brother, a sister, a son, and a father who have all come down with the virus. My my uncle, my my brother, my sister, then my dad died. I couldn't even go to my dad's funeral. We don't get to say goodbye. Well, today, Dr. Anthony Fauci pushed back against the White House's idea that herd immunity could be the country's way out of this pandemic, allowing the virus to spread uncontrolled throughout the population while only protecting the most vulnerable. Fauci called the idea total nonsense. Malalengi, thank you. Tonight, Joe Biden is moving forward with plans for his televised town hall, cleared to appear after concerns he could have been exposed to the coronavirus while aboard his campaign plane. This as COVID forces Biden's running mate, Kamala Harris, to change her plans after one of her top staffers tested positive. Here's CBS's Ed O'Keefe. The pandemic has now reached into the Biden campaign. Aides saying tonight that the former vice president won't have to quarantine despite traveling with an infected flight crew member as they were sitting at least 50 feet apart on the plane and both wearing masks. His running mate, Kamala Harris, also had a scare, suspending her campaign through the weekend. 
after her communications director and a crew member on her plane tested positive Wednesday. Biden and Harris have since tested negative, but she was forced to cancel two events today in North Carolina, where early in-person voting is now underway. We extend our best. We- President Trump was in the Tar Heel state, hoping to capitalize on the early vote. And as he sent his regards to Harris, he was less kind to Biden. I'm running against the worst candidate in the history of presidential politics. How do you lose to a guy like this? Biden currently has an edge in most of the battleground states, including North Carolina, forcing the president to make his ninth trip there. Part of the president's trouble in the polls? Suburban women. Why is it that the fake news keeps saying that women aren't going to like Trump? So the suburban women should love Trump. But in North Carolina, they're backing Biden by a substantial margin. The former vice president also has another advantage, campaign cash. $383 million raised in the month of September alone. That's more money I've ever raised my whole, my whole life. With more than $430 million still in the bank, allowing him to blanket the airwaves with ads, even in traditional red states like Texas, where the race is in a surprising dead heat. Tonight was supposed to be the second presidential debate, canceled after the president tested positive for COVID. Instead, the candidates are holding dueling televised town halls, which are playing to tens of millions of fewer voters. And tonight, one of the people who prepared the president for that last debate, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, tells the New York Times he spent several days in the ICU battling COVID and that he was wrong to not wear a mask. Nora. All right, Ed O'Keefe, thank you. Turning now to the economic toll of the coronavirus pandemic, there has been an unexpected jump in the number of Americans filing for unemployment benefits, and millions of Americans have fallen into poverty while waiting for Congress to strike a deal for a new round of federal relief. Here's CBS's Carter Evans. Americans are no longer slipping through the cracks. They're plunging. Today, nearly 900,000 newly unemployed. And since May, 8 million Americans have fallen below the poverty line. Five? Okay. This is how Cynthia Castellano is now putting food on the table. Yes, I can't get assistance from anywhere else. This food line, just one of her lifelines. Salvation Army, places that I've given food to, um, clothing. I am now going to them and asking them for help. Money for rent is also drying up. Today, a group of demonstrators chained themselves to a Kansas City courthouse calling evictions an act of violence. Nationwide, as many as 40 million Americans are at risk of eviction. I had a good job. I had a a good middle-class union job. That's Marcus Um, Krishka, who worked as a builder at some of San Francisco's biggest conventions. He's now on food stamps. I'm trying to do whatever I can to not go under. I did have an emergency savings account, unfortunately, That is money for my daughter to go to college. His daughter is now a junior in high school. What did that feel like when you had to dip into her college fund? It hurt. I mean, I'd always been taught that if I worked hard, then I'd be able to take care of my family. And now that's not true. Carter Evans, CBS News, Los Angeles. And now this. Governments across Europe are cracking down on the worst COVID outbreak there since April. New cases have been surging in recent weeks across the continent. France is taking drastic measures to stop the spread. We get more now from CBS's Charlie Daggett. Hospital intensive care units in Paris are filling up again. COVID has come raging back. 
French President Emmanuel Macron declared a state of health emergency that includes a 9 p.m. curfew for Paris and eight other cities. Europe is being hit hard. More than 100,000 new cases a day. In the past week alone, a total of almost 700,000, the highest recorded since the beginning of the pandemic. And Today, the World Health Organization warned European leaders to step up with tougher lockdown measures. Yet, even as the U.K. announced new restrictions in hard-hit regions this week, the chair of the country's vaccine task force, Kate Bingham, shared some positive news. So there is a chance, a hope anyway, a slim chance, there may be a vaccine by Christmas. Correct. There is a slim chance. I think it's more likely that it'll be in early next year. She told us first in line will be priority groups, including the elderly, the vulnerable and frontline workers. So the question is, will we be going on holiday next summer? Uh, I think if you were betting, you would probably bet you would be going on holiday next summer. Well, for now, the city of Liverpool is under a complete lockdown. As for London, the British government announced earlier today that nobody is allowed to meet with anybody outside their own households, whether that's at home or even at the pub. Nora? Big restrictions there. Charlie Daggett, thank you. Tonight's Supreme Court nominee Amy Coney Barrett appears to be on a glide path to confirmation. Today's fourth and final day of Senate hearings featured expert testimony. Barrett did not appear. The Judiciary Committee plans a vote next Thursday. Today, Republican leader Mitch McConnell said the full Senate will vote to confirm Barrett in the week before the presidential election. And tonight, the Trump campaign is accusing Twitter and Facebook of censorship after the social media companies blocked the spread of an unverified story about former Vice President Joe Biden's son and a laptop allegedly full of his old emails. It's a story raising concerns about whether it's real or just designed to sow confusion in the final weeks of the election. Here's CBS's Nancy Cordes. Experts say it has all the hallmarks of information laundering and all the headaches of 2016. I have nothing to say about WikiLeaks. Back then, it was Clinton campaign chairman John Podesta, whose emails were stolen and then dribbled out in the last month of the race. This time, it's a tabloid newspaper dribbling out emails, purportedly swiped from Vice President Joe Biden's son. This is a big smoking gun. The go-between this time isn't WikiLeaks, but Trump lawyer Rudy Giuliani, who says he got the emails from a computer repairman in Delaware. He wanted us to have this. He he also thought it displayed numerous crimes. Uh, So he gave them to my lawyer. We have the entire hard drive. Giuliani has admitted before to working with a known Russian agent to dig up dirt on the Bidens. This looks like your classic disinformation campaign. Eric O'Neill is a former FBI FBI operative. Steal the information with a cyber attack, get the emails from Hunter Biden's account, and then put them on these laptops that are left at a repair store. And that's how the information is now laundered into the public. Who do you think is behind this? Well, the Russians would be my number one guess, if I had to guess. Another echo of 2016, though this time social media outlets were quick to limit the spread of the story. Twitter briefly suspending the accounts of the Trump campaign and White House press secretary after they tried to share it. The campaign threatened to sue as allies on Capitol Hill cried censorship. The Senate Judiciary Committee wants to know what the hell is going on. Then and now, the goal of these incidents appears to be the same, to cast a cloud 
over the front runner in the closing weeks of the campaign using a drip, drip, drip of emails that create the air of scandal, even though Republican-led congressional investigations have never uncovered any evidence of wrongdoing by Vice President Biden. Nora. Nancy Cordes, thank you. Tonight, we want to take a closer look at the battleground state of North Carolina, a traditionally Republican state in a presidential elections. But now CBS News rates it a toss up. That's uncomfortably close for President Trump, who won the Tar Heel state handily in 2016. Well, today we learned requests for mail-in ballots there are up more than 600 percent. But there's also growing concern that the state's strict ballot rules could mean thousands of ballots aren't counted. More from CBS's Omar Villafranca in our series 2020 America Decides, Counting Your Vote. Today, North Carolina voters were anxious to cast their early ballots. We couldn't wait for early election. Michelle Williams McNair says she always votes early in person, but the Charlotte resident brought her family to vote too because she worried their mail-in ballots wouldn't get counted. Did you worry the you were being disenfranchised. So that's why we decided to come in person. So that won't necessarily happen to us, hopefully. And if you have that worry, just come in person. Karen Brinson-Bell is the state's chief election official and says so far, 97% of mail-in ballots were counted, but thousands of ballots have not been counted because of missing information or no witness signatures. Statewide, we have somewhere between seven to 10,000 ballots that will need to have a correction made that were sent absentee by mail. But state data shows that a disproportionate number of ballots cast by black voters have not been accepted. And just getting a ballot has been a problem for thousands of North Carolinians. Laura Collender has been checking the mailbox at her Concord, North Carolina home for weeks. Collender and her husband, who are registered in different parties, were worried about COVID-19 and requested absentee ballots in early September. They're still waiting. Your right to vote is fundamental, and you need to actively pursue that. But at the same time, it shouldn't be this difficult. Here in Charlotte, voters are still in line at the polls. Mecklenburg County has seen nearly double the amount of first-day early voters compared to 2016. Now, as for those cast-aside ballots, the State Board of Election Director tells us they plan to contact those voters to fix any errors. Nora? Long lines there, Omar? So far, yes, late lines. There you go. Omar Villafranca, thank you. (laughs) A new study by the Department of Defense suggests it's safe to fly if passengers wear masks. Now, working with United Airlines, researchers used an onboard mannequin with an aerosol generator inside to simulate breathing and coughing. They found that the masked mannequin sent just 0.003% of particles into another passenger's breathing space. United says that means the risk of exposure is nearly non-existent existent even on a full flight. Useful information. Tonight, the FBI is investigating new reports of someone flying in what appears to be a jetpack near Los Angeles International Airport. The latest reported sightings on Wednesday from a China Airlines crew comes six weeks after two different pilots made similar claims. Here's what's really strange. No one has reported seeing or hearing the mysterious flying objects taking off or landing. You've heard us say it many times this year during the pandemic. We're all in this together. And some California teenagers have really taken that to heart. Here's CBS's Jamie Yukis. I'm Gael. I'm Mark. I'm Thomas. I'm Kayla. 
It's a public sharing of their most private struggles, insecurity, sexuality, friendship. I'm okay with that because I've kind of come to terms with it. Once a week, four friends from high school sit in Thomas Pham's bedroom and record their podcast, Teenager Therapy. Welcome back to the channel. We're kind of just giving them our experience and our situation just so they could get some context. The idea came to 17-year-old Gael Ator after hearing a relationship therapy podcast for adults. Because we have problems too. I almost felt like listening to it, like I was intruding on a private <laughs> friend group. That's a That's good. It thing. makes us know that we're doing it right. That's when you know we're hitting real issues and real emotions. I'm like, <laughs> the free-flowing format and focus on mental health draws more than 100,000 downloads per episode. And last week caught the attention of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. Every single one of us needs to prioritize our emotional well-being. We all know what it feels like to have our feelings hurt. When I was your age, people didn't talk about this stuff. It really just takes that one conversation to step out of your comfort zone with each other. Something we all might want to think about. Jamie Yukis, CBS News, Anaheim, California. Got to remember to focus on your mental health. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, how's this for a Halloween story? Steve Hartman meets a toddler and his best friend who just happens to be a skeleton who likes to use the swing. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so that you can watch us later. That is tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital. We hope to see you right back here tomorrow. Take care of yourself. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. And how long have you been the, the producer of this? We've been doing this for two years now. Okay. And and what is it like to attempt to uh, get feedback from me about the podcast? Be honest about how quickly I respond to emails. You actually respond to emails surprisingly fast. Really? I, I think you might be the only person I respond to. <laughs> respond too quickly oh well that's good yeah i expected i expected you to lay into me well this was over the strike period oh i had time yeah See, that, that does that doesn't count <laughs> sure i responded to everything because responding to you putting reruns up on the podcast was like a form of employment yeah and i felt like i had something to get up for every yeah. day so thank you for that listen to the late show pod show with stephen colbert wherever you get your podcasts <laughs>